everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. discussing the 2017 Korean drama called The Best Hit, also known as Hit the Top. Um, This is kind of like, I guess it's a rom-com. It's only 16 episodes. It has a time travel twist, but pretty much it's about a bunch of young people all living together, squished into this little rooftop apartment in Seoul. Um, It's like, I would say about this show, like I've watched it twice, so I clearly really liked it. But at the same time, it's not the absolute best show out there, but it's such a like cute, fun, easy watch that it's just like one of those really, really nice, engaging and feel good kind of ways to pass your time and feel happy about your drama watching, I think. Um, But I'm not sure like that it's the absolute best thing in the whole world. Um, But at the same time, it's just fucking charming. It's really, really nice. <laughs> All right. So this drama, like I said, it came out in 2017. It's a very easy to watch 16 episodes. Um, yeah. So basically it stars Yoon Shi-yoon, who is the male lead. But because of the way, I guess, the drama is, I guess what because of the way it unfolds, he he's not like a definite the only male character kind of thing it's almost a bit more of an ensemble cast with I feel like all the characters getting quite a lot of screen time and their own storylines and their own weight in the drama including the second male lead who to be honest particularly for the first half of the drama feels like just as important a character as the male lead if if not sort of more um you know the the male lead in this Yoon Shi-yoon doesn't even really turn up until the second episode and the first episode is just set up of all these young people who are living in this rooftop apartment so I guess I'll give you a little bit of background on the story and also just the feel of the show, which is something that I really, really liked. And I think probably why I do find it so charming, because it has this very light, quirky, silly touch to it that I find very, very appealing. And it's just so easy to sink into this show and just enjoy it. It's very funny and it's very silly. 
Uh, so the show opens with this kind of, well, a really weird sequence um, with the actor Kim Min Jae being all shirtless and good looking and in a room filled with mirrors. And I have no idea what that is even about. <laughs> it's so strange. It's such a strange way to open a drama. But anyway, I feel like that that is barely ever explained, but that's beside the point. Uh, so we kind of see through a newsreel that in the 90s in Korea, there was this mad famous pop star dude who is played by the actor Yoon Shi-yoon and the character is Hyunjae. So Hyunjae is like, you know, he's super cool. He's obviously in his early 20s in, you know, 1990, whatever. And he's like one of the biggest pop stars in Korea. And he writes all his own music and he does all this cool 90s dancing. And frankly, it's hilarious. Um, I'm a big fan of Yoon Shi-yoon. I really like the actor. So seeing him dressed in the dumbest shit, like he looks fucking hilarious in all this 90s stuff. And he's just totally going for it. Like he's really trying to rock that look but like also he looks so silly uh, which is quite fun um also like you know the music videos from back then and all the the shows you see them on stage and stuff so it's basically him Hyunjae and he has like another dude in his band but you can kind of tell that Hyunjae is the star so this newsreel kind of uh, quickly gives us this overview of this young guy rising to like crazy stardom in his like little two-piece band and being on top of the world and then suddenly at the height of his fame he just disappears and no one knows where he is so the newsreel then shows like this police footage of you know we found Hyunjae's car it's like parked next to this lake in the middle of nowhere in the countryside and he is just gone and no one knows where he is and then flash forward like 20 years or 30 years or whatever and now we're in modern Seoul which is when the drama really begins so the start is like it's a little bit dark because this pop star you know there's all these rumors like has he killed himself what's happened like he's you know has, has he been murdered has something weird happened no one knows and it's been all these years but when the drama actually begins for real it's a, just this very sweet cute contemporary um, I really love the feel of it and I really really like the characters so basically um, we we get to know this young guy called Jihoon who's played by the actor Kim Min Jae so Kim Min Jae is I've seen him in loads of stuff and I sometimes I really like him and I, I sometimes I feel a bit like ambivalent but he's very cute in this he's very very likable he basically plays like you know the best friend boy next door he's completely in love with the female lead and she has absolutely no idea but they're best friends and he's trying to you know I guess he's very sweet and he's this very nice guy but he doesn't have like a lot of swagger or confidence and he's not really able to make things happen for himself which I think is a little bit of his you know his personal arc and journey um he's very cute in this like I think the actor does a really good job like he's just very warm and likable um but he also gets the fucking worst haircut ever in the whole world about halfway through the drama and I think it was probably a good thing for me personally because you know I was always like a little bit conflicted at the start of this drama when it came to the love triangle and I'm like gosh should she choose Yoon Shi Yoon or should she choose the second male lead Kim Min Jae but then Kim Min Jae goes and gets his haircut into this mad bowl cut and it looks fucking ridiculous and I was like all right yes she definitely should pick Yoon Shi Yoon because he looks Kim Min Jae looks 
insane, like completely insane. But I will also mention, um, so this came out in 2017, this drama. And I feel like around that time, there was a real rise in those real mad bowl cuts that all the dudes were getting in Korea, like all the Korean dramas. And they weren't just like a kind of bowlish shape. They were like helmet hair, like a little mushroom puff with like really intense sort of cuts, you know, so, um, you know, like a straight line across his forehead. Like it literally looks like he's wearing a weird hair hat. And I do remember that being such a popular style, maybe I guess around that, that year, 2017, maybe a bit before and after as well. And all the actors were getting it. I'm just like, no one looks good with this weird mushroom puff hair. Like, I just don't get it. But anyway, that's completely beside the point. But he looks very cute, Kim Min Jae does, for the first half of the drama until he ruins his head. Um, so I've kind of forgotten what I was talking about before I went on that mad rant. <laughs> All right. So he's like this. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He has this rooftop apartment, which is on the roof of his dad's building where his dad lives. And his dad used to be, um, you know, the, the 90s pop star guy. Hyunjae's manager back in the 90s and he kind of has this found family vibe in this building where all the people who worked together back then are still living together and they're trying to make ends meet with this little entertainment company which is you know not really doing anything amazing and also a little bakery so obviously because um Lee Ji Hoon played by Kim Min Jae so this nice you know this nice boy next door um because his dad has been working in the entertainment industry his whole life his dad really doesn't want his son to enter that same industry because he thinks you know it's just like a cutthroat hard thing and there's no stability to it but of course Ji Hoon's biggest dream in the world is to be an idol and he wants to be a pop star and he has managed to get in to one of these idol agencies and I think that this is something that this show does really really well in a kind of quirky rom-com way um, is it does do a bit of a, an exploration about that whole I guess they call them idol factories so basically you might get taken on as a trainee by one of these really big um, idol management firms uh, and you get taken in, you do all your dance classes and your singing classes and basically you've just got to outperform everyone around you and maybe every year or every few years the management will choose the cream of the crop through like a really intense, I suppose, audition process and put those people into K-pop groups and create like a boy band or, you know, whatever they do. And it's just this really interesting look at these, I guess, these young people who are just giving their all, like, you know, they might sign a five-year contract and for five years, they're giving their everything to try and make this debut group. And the whole point of this drama is Jihoon is trying so bad to get into this debut group. And he doesn't, you know, and he's sort of aging out like, you know, he's going to have to go to army at some point soon and he won't have debuted. Like, what's he going to do? He's older than all the other recruits who are a lot younger than him. And he just never quite makes the cut. He has a best friend as well, who's this very funny kind of side character called MC Drill, who is just hilariously embarrassing the whole time. And he's even older than Jihoon, but he's pretending that he's not. And, you know, these two boys are kind of like best friends in this um, idol factory kind of management firm, but neither of them are making the cut. And I think it's a huge theme of this drama is like, you know, following your dreams, but also what if your dreams don't work out? What do you do if you can't 
do the thing that you wanted to do. I find it really, really interesting, um, particularly for me, because I feel like I've had a really similar experience in my own life. Um, when I was a lot younger, I actually studied music very, very, very seriously for a very, very long time, for many years. And I really, really thought that music was what I wanted to do with my life. And I was sure that it was what I was going to do. And it was such a difficult kind of... and horrible period to realize that that dream wasn't going to come true for me and that I had to find something else to want to do and for me I kind of didn't I just thought ah dreams are for schmucks and no one should have any dreams and you should just work for a stable life you know and it's such an interesting thing I guess that shift and then maybe finding a new dream finding something else that makes you feel passionate or happy or to work towards and that's really the main theme of this drama is that if Jihoon can't be this idol in this idol factory uh, management firm, like what can he do with his life? He's really smart. He could go to university, but it just doesn't make his heart beat. And I think it was a really, really interesting um, kind of theme. And I think the drama actually explores this idea really, really well, considering it is so light and silly and quirky and funny as well. Like it's not a serious show at all. And yet, you know, that stuff's quite touching. And I think it really made me think about it, I suppose. So the female lead in this drama is um, played by the actress Lee Se-young, who I adore. I love her. She is just, she's beautiful and she's charming. I think she's a wonderful actress and she has this very toothy smile. Like she's so pretty, but she's not like generic pretty. She's very interesting looking and gorgeous. I just, I think she's very, very good and very charming. So I really like her in this. She plays this very sort of strong, bold kind of character and her dream, um, which, you know, her best friend Jihoon thinks is a total shit dream, is that she wants to pass the civil service examination or whatever it is so she can be a civil servant. Um, She wants a government job and she just wants a stable life and a stable income. And she's had, you know, a really hard sort of background and been abandoned a lot and doesn't have a lot of love or support from parents, which is why she has this kind of very mundane dream but at the same time she's gone for this exam a few times and she just can't fucking pass it even though she's working so hard and studying so hard but something always goes wrong and I guess her and Jihoon both end up her name is Woosung so Woosung and Jihoon both end up at this point in their lives where their dreams just aren't working for them and they don't really know what to do and also Woosung has moved into Jihoon's house, his little rooftop apartment, because she has nowhere else to go, along with MC Drill, you know, this idiot from his um his idol management firm, this really funny idiot. I liked him a lot. So basically, they're all living together. Um, Woosung and MC Drill both hate each other. And Jihoon is completely in love with Woosung um, and is completely unable to tell her or take control over his own life or anything. And so that's really the setup of the first episode. It's very charming and very funny. And there's this kind of like, I guess, surreal feel to the show where these really weird, quirky things keep happening, like non-realistic things, like someone will suddenly fly through the air and do a mad somersault or, you know, just impossible things. Um, There's another scene later on. So (laughs) I guess I'll just say quickly. So basically, um, our main characters are driving back home, uh, Woosung, Jihoon and MC Drill in a car, and they hit 
Hyunjae, who has jumped forward like 20 or 30 years um, into the future and gets hit by their car. And he pretends to have no memory because he realizes pretty fast that he has time jumped and obviously no one's going to believe him. And he ends up living um, in secret in this little rooftop apartment too, because Jihoon isn't really allowed to have anyone living there with him. So everyone's just squished together and kind of fighting all the time. And it's very funny. So when Hyunjae first comes into like the drama, I guess the main part, and he skips forward in time, um, there's like, it's so, I guess it shows you the tone of this show. Like, you know, accidental kisses in K-drama when, you know, the dude falls on the girl. This happens like so much. So um, Hyunjae falls on Woosung or Woosung probably actually more likely falls on Hyunjae like fucking three times in one episode. So they have three accidental kisses in one episode. And it's really like, I'm not a mad fan of those because everyone just looks like wooden planks and their eyes open and like, you know, freeze and it's kind of a funny weird thing um but because it happens so many times in this one episode it is a little bit tongue-in-cheek it really gives you an idea of how I guess silly the show is but how much it knows that it is like it really leans into the kind of absurd um concept I suppose that it has created so it's all very strange and funny and for instance you know one of the points where um they accidentally kiss in the car the camera pans out and you see there's all these lights flashing on the car and the car's like turning in circles in the car park so there's this real surrealist weirdness to the show but I really liked it I thought it was very quirky and funny so this show is definitely really just built on the relationships between all the characters it's a very sort of small scale show and it is about dreams and finding yourself and kind of being in that you know young adult phase where you you might know what you want to do with your life but maybe you can't quite achieve it yet and you don't know how and I think it's about you know taking control of that aspect of yourself um the other thing though that I really really love about this show and I think you know you watch it for the interactions because it's funny and it's romantic and it's cute but the plot of this show is actually really interesting as well um it kind of takes a backseat for most of the drama to just all the sort of petty goings on in the rooftop apartment and how everyone's sort of having weird love triangles and stuff um but at the heart of this whole show is actually this really interesting mystery so basically, Hanjae has come forward, I think it's 20 years actually, into the future. And this place that he's living in, so his old manager, Guangjae, is the dad of the main second male lead, Jihoon. Um, but it turns out that Guangjae is not really the dad. And potentially, actually, the dad of Jihoon is Hyunjae himself, the 90s pop star. So it gets really convoluted and complex really quick. But also it's really weird because Hyunjae doesn't remember like getting with Jihoon's mum at any point. And it turns out that it... The time travel thing like just makes my head hurt, to be honest. Um, but I think it's actually done really well in the show that it's this weird mystery. It looks like he goes into the future. So Hyunjae has come into the future. But back in the 90s, there's a whole extra year before he disappears beside that lake that Hyunjae has no memory of. He doesn't know what he did during that time. He doesn't know where he went or what happened. And what really happened was he fell in love with someone and they, even though he never knew it, 
she was going to have a baby, which turns out to be Jihoon, who he's living with. And so the weird thing about that is technically, like technically, Hyunjae is in a love triangle with his own son and they're the same age. So it's it's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, also, it's kind of hard. Like, I loved the love triangle, but it's an interesting one because Hyunjae, for the first half of the show, because he's just this 90s pop star who's used to being fawned over and adored. So he's a, to be honest, he's a real asshole. Like, he's very arrogant and he's very embarrassing because he's so, like, cool 90s, which just isn't that cool in 2017. Um, so I guess, like, it's kind kind of hard to root for him in the love triangle kind of aspect and also I feel like the romance elements between Hyunjae the 90s pop star guy and the female lead Woosung they really take a backseat and they don't come out till the second half of the drama so for the first half of the drama you do kind of feel yourself rooting for the second male lead Jihoon and Woosung, his best friend, like you kind of want them to get together because Jihoon is just very sweet and he's very kind and he's very nice and he really, really likes her and he clearly has since he was, you know, they were at school together like many, many years earlier. So, you know, I really liked him in this. Um, and I, I did really like uh, Hyunjae as well, obviously, but I just, I mean, I guess that's a good love triangle, isn't it? You kind of feel... A little bit conflicted about what you want to actually happen. So I did really like that aspect of the show. So there are a lot of characters in this show, like it's definitely an ensemble kind of show. Um, I really, really liked most of them. Um, the, the other people that live in like the, the building that has the rooftop apartment on it, I guess I didn't care so much, but they do tie into, um, you know, the 90s story and the time travel element. So it's kind of fun for that reason. But I, it's almost like a bit of a family dra uh, drama kind of vibe with their elements, which I, you know, I was kind of like, eh, whatever. Um, I kind of just liked all the the hijinks, I guess, that the younger crew were more involved in. Um, there's sort of an evil guy um, who used to be in the little 90s pop group with Hyunjae um, back in the 90s and now has become like the CEO of this big idol factory place. He is a very, very funny villain because he's so likable and kind of idiotic and um I don't know. He's just such an idiot, I suppose. So he, it's quite fun watching him poster around. And he's not like, he's not like evil or bad, but he's just a bit, I don't know. <laughs> I actually really, really liked him. So he's played by the actor Hong Kang Min and his name in the drama is Park Young Jae. So he's really good. Um, the other character I guess I'll mention um, is there is a like, you know, Korea's biggest pop idol or K-pop idol um, in the modern section of the drama is his name is MJ and he's played by the actor Cha and Wu. So Cha and Wu is a really big actor now. Um, he's only like got a very small role in this, like almost like a cameo side character. Um, but you know, I remember, I think this must have been the first drama I ever saw him in. And now, obviously, he's leading man. So he's in um, Rookie Historian Gu Herang. And he's also in um, ID Gangnam Beauty. And, you know, I'm kind of like on the fence with him. I'm not, I guess I wasn't mad about him. But then after rewatching this, his cameos in this, like he is so good. He is 
very, very funny and very, very cute. Um, I really, really liked him to the point where I feel like maybe I need to reassess because I didn't actually watch very much of um, rookie historian Gu Herong and I really want to. I only watched like 20 minutes and I wasn't paying attention because I kind of thought I didn't really like Cha and Wu, but maybe I do. I think maybe he's quite good. So I feel like I need to check that drama out again. Also, the concept of it sounds really good. Um, and I didn't mind him in ID Gangnam Beauty, but I think he does play a very non-reactive kind of stone cold dude in that. And it was really refreshing to see him in this drama, The Best Hit, because he plays this very... He's very cheesy, like he keeps making these really embarrassing jokes and then laughing at his own jokes and just being quite cheeky. Um, he's very funny in it, like very, very cute and charismatic, I think. So I feel like maybe I need to reassess my thoughts around the actor Chan Wu um, as I try him in different dramas, I think. So I guess before I finish up talking about the best hit, um, so is it worth it? Is it worth watching if you haven't checked it out? I think it is. I think the mystery is really twisty and interesting. And you, I remember the first time I watched it particularly, I was just like, how are they going to make this work? And they do. You know, it has a really satisfactory kind of ending to the show. I really like it. Um but it's not like an easy guess. Like you just can't figure out how they're going to unravel it. So I found all that concept really fascinating. And it's totally weird that Hyunjae is uh, Jihoon's dad, but also really interesting. Like, you know, that's pretty unusual. Haven't seen that before. So I think the show overall is very fun. It's addictive. Um, it has so many good characters that you can totally root for. It's very funny. Um, and I really liked the love triangle to the point where I do feel a bit sorry for Jihoon for kind of uh, losing out there um, because it is a music focused drama, like not to the max. It's not like a musical like Dream High or something like that. But there is a few cool dance scenes and cool songs in it that the characters sing. So I did like that. And I love I love the theme about following your dreams. But what do you do when your dreams crash down and how do you collect yourself and what is your new dream and are you brave enough then to really grab that and go for it? I loved like watching that concept. I think it's such a true to life idea for, you know, for being a young adult, like you might grow up with a particular idea and it just doesn't work out for you. So what do you actually do? Um, I really, really loved that. And I also really liked the exploration of the, I guess I want to say idol factory thing. Um, I don't know much about that stuff. I'm not a big K-pop fan, but it is very interesting, you know, like um, all those um, idol management firms have been unbelievably successful and there are both wonderful stories coming out of that and horror stories um, but it is a very interesting um, whole industry I guess and I liked this little bit of K-drama insight into that industry it was really interesting but particularly from the the viewpoint of people who are aging out of it who are no longer considered viable options to debut anymore um, I, I found that quite you know, you feel really sad for them and it's quite heartbreaking, but also nice to see how the boys deal with it and what they do to move on with their lives. So I, yeah, I really, really liked all that stuff. Um, 
I guess in terms of the less good stuff about the drama, um, I 100% love the female lead in this. She's so like sassy and just fantastic. Um, but there is like a totally lost thread with her. At the beginning of the drama, she has this weird thing that's very funny and really good um, that she, she's got something like wrong with her tear ducts and she just cries all the time, but she's not crying. She just has tears like flowing down her cheeks so it's really used for comedy at the start of the drama and then it's also used in a very heartfelt scene where she's failed her exam yet again and she's completely crying um and Ji-hoon her best friend is comforting her and she's telling him you know I'm not crying it's just my fucked up tear ducts you know it's just this medical condition I have and it's very moving because you know even now she needs to put on such a defense and try and like you know, protect herself. And yeah, I really liked the way it was used. Um, and then it just isn't. It's like the writers just forgot that that was a thing that she had going on. So I thought that was kind of weird. It just gets dropped for so many episodes and no one ever thinks about it or talks about it again. So weird, but you know, not a big issue or a big problem. Um, the other kind of like downside, I suppose, and it's not really a downside, it's probably a good thing in terms of the love triangle, but because Hyunjae, Yoon Chi Yoon's character Hyunjae, you know, he's such a dick at the start of this drama, like he's this idiotic, arrogant 90s guy. And, you know, he doesn't really come across as a viable romantic lead. Like, you're not really like wanting Woosung's affections to move towards him because he's bonkers. So you really do quite, I guess, root for Ji Hoon for the first half of the drama. You really want him to do well and you want him to confess to Woosung and you want her to like him back. And you, I guess you feel really sorry for him that that doesn't really pan out. Um, she's, you know, Woosung's very cool about it. She's not stringing him along. She's very clear about how she feels and she's just immediately like, no, I don't like you that way, but I really don't want to lose our friendship. So I did like all that but I felt sorry for him I suppose and um, I guess that's another thing like Hyunjae spends so much it's very funny but he does spend so much of the drama being such a complete non-face that he doesn't really turn into a viable romantic lead option until quite late um, which isn't a bad thing at all I suppose but it does kind of like I guess it changes up the romance a bit and then you kind of wonder like Woosung starts to like him because he starts being like really cool I suppose and then I guess I just felt kind of sorry for Jihoon because Jihoon's at this point in his life where he just you know his dreams have all broken down and he's trying so desperately to figure himself out and he just doesn't have the things that Hyunjae does like Hyunjae basically you know, once he stops being a complete arrogant dickhead, he walks into this really expensive high-end job where he's going to get paid a whole heap. And, you know, he's able to take Woosung out on shopping trips and, you know, like just really treat her nice and be really cool and protect her and stand up for her. And it kind of felt like, I guess Jihoon's just not in a position to be able to do those things. And so in the fight for Woosung's heart, I felt like he was at a real disadvantage. And I guess, I guess it's a good thing that the drama's done is it's made me like these characters so much that I do feel really sorry for them when things don't really work out. So it felt like a love triangle with, you know, some 
I guess Hyunjae is given a lot more advantages to winning over Woosung than Jihoon is. And it just made me feel sad for poor Jihoon. But in saying that, like, I loved Hyunjae and I totally liked having him and Woosung end up together and their whole love story is very moving. Um, it's actually really, really good. <laughs> so I'm not really complaining about it, but you know, that was just something that I, I felt when I was watching it. Um, so I guess that's it from me on The Best Hit, also known as Hit the Top. Uh, definitely, I would say if you like a good, funny, light, addictive, fun drama, check it out. It's a weird one, but also just such an easy drama to watch. And it's really, really good. I really, really liked it. So that's it from me. So now it is time for my random thing of the week. And this week I've been thinking a lot about books. Um, but what I really wanted to do um, for this random thing section was give you guys some recommendations of other books that are some of my favorite books of all time. So I wanted to talk a little bit just about a quick list. So I wanted to recommend to you guys the Night Tiger and The Ghost Bride. Both of those books are by an American author, Yang Zi Chu. So The Night Tiger and The Ghost Bride are both set in Malaysia, um, uh, kind of in different time periods. But for instance, The Night Tiger is set during colonial times um, and they have, you know, a lot of, I mean, the historical fiction, there's a lot of romance in both and there's just a touch of kind of supernatural, of myths and legends as well. They are beautiful books. So The Ghost Bride, as I have mentioned on the podcast previously, has also been made into a Netflix show, um, which is in Chinese and is Amazing. Definitely great show to watch. So that was The Night Tiger and The Ghost Bride by Yang Zi Chu. I definitely recommend those books. And then next, I also wanted to talk about a book called Daughter of the Forest by Juliet Marillia. Juliet Marillia is one of my favorite authors of all time. She has so many books, like so many wonderful books. They're basically all set in ancient Ireland. And again, they have this touch of magic to them in terms of myths and legends and fae. Um, they're really, really wonderful. Daughter of the Forest, particularly, um, I think that one was her debut, was the first one of hers I read, and it's the start of a series. Um, I really, really loved it. It is also a retelling of a very... I guess, famous old fairy tale um, called, I think it's called The Wild Swans. Um, I can't believe I've kind of forgotten. But basically, um, the fairy tale is about, you know, this king who has seven sons and also a daughter. And when he remarries an evil stepmother, um, the stepmother turns all of the sons because she's jealous of the power they have. Um, and, you know, they're going to inherit the lands and the kingdom. She turns them all into swans. And it's up to this very young daughter to um, basically toil away suffering and creating these like painful fucking nettle shirts for years and years while saying not a word. And if she says a word, she'll break the spell and her brothers will remain swans forever. Um, it is a beautiful and tragic tale, but it is also very romantic. And Juliet Marilia is probably the author that I really modeled um, my own writing on, like, a lot in terms of the way I guess she structures her stories. They've out of Juliet Marillias, I have so many titles that I could recommend, but I think um, I'll definitely say Daughter of the Forest is just such a wonderful one. 
So the next one I wanted to recommend to you is called Trail of Lightning, and it is by an American author called Rebecca Rowan Horse. So Trail of Lightning was one of my absolute favorite reads of, I think it was 2018 when it came out, and I was obsessed with this book. I adored it. Um, so it is set in a post-apocalyptic future America, um, which is like a, a post-climate change future, I suppose, um, in which a lot of cities have drowned and the whole structure and society and government of the country is completely different. Um, it stars, so it's set on a um, indigenous reservation, which is basically the only place in America that has been untouched by, you know, these nature ravages that have happened around the world. And um, that is because of there is a hint again of magic in this book. Um, but basically it's about this one girl who is a monster hunter and she's navigating her way through this kind of tough, scary world. And she ends up with this really smooth talking, handsome guy, and they have to go solve, you know, a really crazy mystery to do with like gods and heroes that walk on the earth and everyone's afraid of her. So when I, I kind of think about that book, I always kind of think that it's, it's like Buffy. Um, there's a lot of that kind of feel to it, which is like, you know, really cool, kick-ass, tough girl takes on the world. Um, but then the world building and the magic in it are so fun and exciting. Um, I think if you like young adult fiction, um, that it's not young adult fiction, but I think it has a very similar feel. I really love YA books. I'm really, really into them. Um, and I think that the Trail of Lightning has a has a feeling of that kind of voice to it and maybe in terms of the romance too which I thought was really really well done um for like a really exciting you know crazy world building kind of book like the romance is really satisfying um and the main character is awesome so that was Trail of Lightning by Rebecca Rowan Horse uh, the next book on my list is also by an American author called Kirsten White uh, and is called And I Darken. It is a YA book, but it is a straight historical fiction YA book. And for some reason, there isn't a lot of historical fiction like under the YA genre. I'm not really sure why, because I love historical fiction. Um, so And I Darken is set um, during, you know, the rise of the Ottoman Empire, um, it's a very, and basically it's a retelling and reimagining of Vlad the Impaler when the, per, like the, the author has reimagined that Vlad the Impaler, who of course, you know, um, inspired the legends of Dracula, so a very scary dude, um, has been recast as a young girl in this book. Um, it's really good. Again, the romance is really, really solid, really moving. The main character is this girl who is vicious and frightening and she's just willing to go to the ends of the earth for what she wants. She's a very scary individual, but also, uh, you know, highly likable. Um, it's a very, very, very great book, um, which is the start of a series again. So that one is called And I Darken by Kirsten White. Um, another book that I really love is called Valentine and is by Jodie McAllister. So it is very similar to, well, it has a lot in common, I should say, with 
those very famous books by Holly Black, which are dark fairy books, um, like they're contemporary books, but you know, they have a lot of fairy elements, but very dark and nasty stuff. Um, so I really like Holly Black um, as a YA fan. Um, you know, she's great. Um, and Valentine by Jodie McAllister is similar, but also very fresh and different as well. And it's basically this tiny little town in rural Australia because the author is Australian. Um, this tiny little town, this, you know, young girl, um, she's, you know, there's a lot of romantic and it's very contemporary. So there's a lot of romantic entanglements and just that kind of contemporary YA vibes. Um, but then on top of that, there's these very, very scary, like dark creatures crawling out of the rivers and just causing mayhem. So I really, really love that book, Valentine. And that's the first in another series called the Valentine series. Um, and then the last book I'm going to mention is Heart of Mist by Helen Schurer. So Heart of Mist is the first in a really, really wonderful kind of, I think you'd say high fantasy series. Um, it, you know, it, it's, I mean, I guess it's kind of a story that you might think you've, you've read before, which is, you know, a young woman from a really shitty background in this, you know, fantasy world um, kind of discovers she has these terrible powers, which are more like a curse and she's trying to struggle through life. And of course she gets pulled into this massive fight of empires and, you know, the fate of her world. Um, but again, for a story that sounds very familiar, it's very fresh. The world that's built is really interesting and really cool. The main character is is struggling with her powers like they're an addiction, you know, and I really liked that element of it. So it does feel very fresh. So if you're up for like kind of a thick, cool fantasy book, that is Heart of Mist by Helen Schurer. Um, so that's it from me for my random thing of the week. It was many random things for this week. Now it is time for my something that I am loving this week. And this week, because things are so hectic, because they're so overwhelming, I have to come back to my pure adoration and love for Korean dramas as the thing that I've really turned to this week, I think, to, you know, pull me through hard times as I always do. So I've been watching some really, really cool shows at the moment, and I thought I just might quickly mention them. I usually, because on the podcast, I kind of wait till I finish something before I talk about it. So I don't usually talk about my feelings of the shows that I'm watching, you know, as I watch them, um, which is kind of fun to do, actually. So I guess one show that I've been following along as it airs each week is Itaewon Class. Um, at the moment, as I record this, um, I haven't watched the last two episodes. Um, it is such a good show. Um, and I know it's just going gangbusters in Korea. It's doing so well. And it really interests me because in a lot of ways, you know, it's a classic underdog story. It's nothing new. The characters aren't, I mean, I guess the characters do feel a little bit fresh and new, but you know, it's nothing like really really like unique, I suppose. And yet there's a lot of emotion in it that has just sunk so deep into my heart. And I really feel a lot when I watch that show and I really care about the characters and the outcome. And in a lot of ways, it's a gentle show. Um, it can get quite dark, but on the whole, it's a very positive show with these amazing messages about, um, 
you know, I guess about community and about sticking together and never cutting people loose and never judging other people for their choices and you know, it's got these beautiful messages about understanding the people around you and treating people kindly. Um, so I think maybe that's what it's doing so well. It has these messages that just like, just make you feel it, you know, in your fingers and toes and you're just like, oh, it's so beautiful. And I'm just, I love it. I love the way it makes me feel when I watch it. Um, the other show that I've been watching is Kingdom. The season two of Kingdom came out very recently. And of course, that is the Korean um, Joseon set zombie apocalypse drama. It is not for the faint hearted because it is creepy as fuck. It's basically a horror show. Um, it's very, very dark and there's a lot of violence because there's basically monsters running around, literally eating everybody. So like it is dark. Um, I loved it. It was, it's great. It's totally great. So I'll be talking about that on a future episode. Um, but that was, you know, a wonderful bit of absolutely bonkers escapism for me this week. It was really, really good fun. Um, I quite like horror. So for me, you know, I don't get scared about these things when I walk away. I do get a bit of a thrill at the time that I'm watching it. Um, and I do get scared while I'm watching it, but not so many things like kind of disturb me afterwards. Um, so I'm lucky in that way. So I really, really enjoyed season two of Kingdom. Um, and another show that recently aired as I record this, um, which I've just started watching, which I'm finding really good so far. Um, I'm only a few episodes in, so I was like maybe two, so it's really early days. Um, and I know shows do tend to, you know, morph and change as they go along. So I don't know what'll happen with it. Um, but this is called The Game Towards Zero, which I actually think is a pretty cool name for a drama because as soon as you hear it, you're like, what the fuck? That's a weird name. What does it mean? So The Game Towards Zero stars Tekyon who I've mentioned before um, on this podcast, is an actor that I just can't seem to get away from. He's in everything that I like. Um, and because of that, I have grown a very strong fondness for him. Um, I find him very endearing simply because he's in everything that I enjoy. Um, so <laughs> I do rather like him these days. Uh, he's also starring in this with the actress um, Lee Yeon-hee. And she she isn't in like loads of stuff that I always particularly watch but I really really like her and I really am enjoying her character and her performance in this drama The Game Towards Zero. She is I mean she is a beautiful woman but there's just something about her that is very charming so I'm just loving that. And The Game Towards Zero also stars Im Ju Hwan, who, you know, is from one of my favorite dramas of all time, um, Tamara the Island, uh, Tamara the Island. Um, and he's playing the second male lead and he hasn't been in it very much so far. Um, but yeah, it's a very stylish show. It's kind of like a, I guess it's a police sort of detective drama. Um, but there's a supernatural edge because Taekyeon's character can see people's deaths. Um, he can see death and that is pretty creepy. So it's quite a dark show. Um, it's also shot really well. Like it's quite beautiful to look at in terms of the way that they set up the shots and the light they use. They use a lot of neon lights and, um, um, 
I'm really like, it's very stylish and I'm really liking it. So I really hope that that show continues to be as riveting as it is um, at the start for me. Um, I'm finding the stories very, very interesting. Um, the other show that I've been watching, and I'm not sure if I love this one so much, it's the kind of one that I've been putting on um, kind of while I do other things, if I just kind of need something to, to kind of half focus on, and that is Waikiki, what's that called? Oh, Welcome to Waikiki Season 1. Um, it kind of reminds me of uh, the Korean drama Hello My Twenties, um, which was a show I've talked about on the podcast, and it was my second episode, um, which I really love that show. And this show is very similar. It's kind of like a boy version, you know, like a whole bunch of boys live together in a house. Um, and there is, it's just much more zany and silly. Hello, my twenties was a bit of silliness, but it really cut to very deep as well. I think in terms of emotion, um, welcome to Waikiki is, it is silly as fuck. And it also has way more like, um, bodily, bodily kind of like body humor, like gross shit, like snot and stuff like that is always happening on it and I'm like Bleh. I don't know if I like that kind of gross out humor very much um, but at the same time it has a very lovely sweetness to it and the three boys who are the main characters are very endearing so it kind of balances out some of the gross stuff um, so I'm not like riveted um, but I I'm a bit invested in the sweetness of the main characters and feel like, you know, it's it's a turn your brain off and just watch kind of show. And it's just like, but some of the stuff that happens is so silly. Like everything's heightened reality as silly as it can be. And there is a bit of charm to that, I have to say. Um, so that's what I've been loving this week. Basically every K-drama that I've been watching. So that's probably all a bit of a spoiler for future episodes. And now when I talk about those dramas, in standalone episodes, you'll have to listen to me say all the same shit again, uh, which is not great and probably why I don't talk about what I'm watching at the moment on the podcast. <laughs>